I think it's just starting to identify those things that, you know, don't make you feel like the best version of yourself. Because, you know, at the end of the day, clothes are one of the most personal things that we can use to express ourselves. I mean, they can say so much without us having to say anything. So the last thing I want people to think is that a capsule wardrobe is going to stifle your voice or your style. Um, It won't. And I think, you know, you could argue that it's only going to help somebody identify their pieces because pieces and style because their closet is full of things that make them feel good and feel like most themselves. I mean, if your favorite color is green and purple and you have a closet full of that, cool. And it makes you feel good. Awesome. I don't think that we need to stick to this minimal aesthetic of like bright whites and, you know, clean lines. I think that, you know, we can really make a capsule wardrobe our own by infusing, you know, our personality into pieces that make us feel good. Welcome to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Spath Lundberg. And we hear from everyday women in wellness who inspire us to illuminate our own life and that of others through conscious conversations about the mental, physical, and spiritual journeys they've experienced. Tune in each month to join Well Women for a new topic and a new dose of inspiration. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Well Women podcast. If you're like me, you may have dipped your toes in ethical fashion or, in the very least, admired the efforts of others in this space. However, it can be a little intimidating and also pretty expensive. And as much as I want to give all my money away to ethically made sustainable housewares and cute clothes, I also need to be practical with my finances. So I thought it would be fun to look at wellness in a different way today. And that has manifested itself in the way of picking the brain of someone who has a solid grasp on how to reduce the chemicals we're putting on our body from commercially made clothing, and maybe also help the earth a little bit with these efforts as well. So Anne Herring has a passion for showing women how to take the steps towards an ethical wardrobe with a practical approach. She's an executive manager and self-described accidental blogger, passionate about people and the planet. And she believes in taking the overwhelm out of dressing sustainably and teaching women how to be more intentional with their wardrobe. So I have a lot of questions. So let's jump right in. Thank you for joining us today, Anne. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited as well. I'm really excited about this discussion. I think that um, just getting that conversation out there is important because it's an area of health and wellness. I, I mean, this. We're definitely, you know, at the podcast here, we look at things more from a health and wellness point of view. And I think that this, this portion of our lifestyles are, you know, it's often overlooked. So I think ethical fashion in my eyes is definitely a more boutique portion of the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I'd love to see it become more mainstream. And there's chemicals that rub off from the clothes under our skin, which in turn goes into our bloodstream. And then there's the high price of fast fashion on our planet. And so I hope that this chat can give a little more clarity to people like myself who want to give it a little bit more of a shot, but maybe are overwhelmed or feel like, you know, we, we look at this type of clothing as more unattainable due to pricing or whatnot. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you have incorporated this within the wellness scope um, because I find that being more mindful with my wardrobe and with my clothing has helped me to be more mindful in other areas of my life. Um, you know, including what I put on my skin, what I put on my body. So I think all of it is related, um, even though the threads may be a little bit harder to see at the beginning. It's definitely all connected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, all, it just comes back to that lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. creating lifestyle shifts and being more, more intentional, more conscious of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Before we jump into all that, I'd love for you just to share a little bit more about yourself, Anne, and kind of how this even became an interest of yours. Yeah, sure. So um, it all kind of started a few years ago. Um, I moved here to Denver from North Carolina, and um, I moved from a two-bedroom apartment to like, I, I mean, it's a one-bedroom apartment, but like really it's 600 square feet. So it's like we really had to condense our lives, um, which was great and it was needed, but it was like a huge adjustment. Um, and I remember like I, we have one closet between my husband and I, and it's um, like a walkthrough to the bathroom. So it's like you have to keep it clear. Otherwise, you can't get to where you need to go. And um, I had so many clothes and um I couldn't even like open the door. Like I was overwhelmed. It felt like my closet was attacking me. Um, I hated everything in my closet. Like none of it made me feel good. And so I just decided one day I was really sick of feeling that way. And I was really sick of thinking I had nothing to wear while looking at a closet full of clothes. Um, And I just refused to let clothes be something that I was stressed out about. Um, And so what I did first was just kind of purge everything that I didn't love or didn't fit me or I didn't wear. Um, And so I kind of started with like a clean slate, so to speak. And I really pared down my wardrobe to just like the things that I loved the most. Um, But in doing that, um, you know, a lot of wardrobe gaps kind of appeared. Um, And I was like, okay, so now I'm left with this closet that has nothing in it. So how do I build this back up? Um, And at the time, I was working for um, a locally owned home goods store. And through that process of working in that shop and um, working with vendors that, you know, put their life into their creations, I started to realize that, you know, this community of makers um, was worth supporting. And so I just kind of started to dig into what that meant for fashion. Um, Actually, there was a store here in Denver called Judith and Joe, and they kind of inspired me to start this. Um, They source all ethically made things and the price point's amazing. So I just kind of like, I went along that journey and I I thought about what it meant to support small and it all just kind of snowballed on itself. Um, And I started to kind of educate myself too about what the consequences of fast fashion were. And I started to think about like my buying habits, um, how I was buying things just to make myself feel better or to like celebrate something. I wasn't ever intentionally like filling my wardrobe with pieces that I was going to wear for a long time or that were even going to last a long time. Um, So I think all of that could just kind of compounded into what it is today. Um, And I've found an incredible community of women, um, women specifically, which I think is awesome who are trying to educate other women in this space as well and just kind of, you know, start the conversation like you're doing. Um, Because I do think that the more we talk about it, I think the more attainable, sustainable fashion will be. 
Um, but I think it's just starting that conversation is what's going to be really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the more that we have, I mean, it's sort of this catch 22 because we want a lot of people to start down this road, but then it can, you know, like I said, it can be intimidating or it can be expensive. And so there needs to be sort of this happy medium of um, getting started. And then eventually we can vote a little bit more with our dollars, um, ideally, and hopefully like get this ball rolling of um, you know, more vendors, more um, people creating objects or clothing, whatever it might be that we can really get behind and feel good about not only, um, you know, the ethical part of it, but also financially and, um, you know, wellness wise and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, exactly. Well, and too, I mean, I get overwhelmed with sustainable fashion and I claim to be a sustainable fashion blogger. Um, it can be super overwhelming and you can really get into the weeds of, you know, the ethics of things and why something's sustainable and why something isn't. I mean, there's a lot to it, but I think the way that we can make this the most um, attainable and manageable is finding ways to make sustainability and ethical um, practices work for us. Um, Because I think if we try to change our lifestyle too much too quickly, we're going to get really burned out, you know, as we would with anything. So I feel like it's super important to prioritize finding ways to make little changes that work for you over time. Absolutely. And I love what you said about how you basically just like purged everything and kept what you loved. I feel like over the years I've, you know, and I don't practice this every single time I shop, but I've definitely keep it in mind, but I've learned that there's this importance of finding more classic pieces that I can reuse for years to come. And even if it does cost a little bit more or, um, you know, whatnot, it still is more worth the investment because I'll probably get more use out of it than like a $10 dress anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, it's not to say that you can't enjoy a $20 top you got from the mall. Like I don't ever, I don't want to shame people for their purchases, you know? Um, but I think like you can create a capsule wardrobe using the pieces that you already own. It's not like you have to start over and all of a sudden stock your closet with like linen and canvas and things that are only made in the U S or whatever you decide. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it really does need to start from a place of what do you have and what do you love that you already own? Um, and then how can you work from there to make those pieces even more long lasting and versatile by, you know, adding more intentionally to your closet? Yes, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned capsule wardrobe. So for those who don't know or aren't familiar with capsule wardrobes, would you mind explaining what that means? And maybe even, I mean, we could even dig into like a general overview of how to begin one or, you know, how we can use our clothes in a more intentional way using this format specifically? Sure, absolutely. Um, And I think too, the thing that I always like to start off with when I talk about capsule wardrobes is the fact that you probably already have a capsule wardrobe, you just don't know it. Um, Because that was kind of what happened for me. Um, You know, I was left with all these pieces that I loved. um, And it was just, you know, classic staples, good pair of jeans, good button up, a blazer or two, shoes that I could wear with lots of different outfits, maybe a dress. But what I was starting to find, especially after I weeded out like all of the noise, I was able to pair these pieces together super well um, and wear them lots of different ways. So when I talk about capsule wardrobes, I don't even mean like a specific number. I don't mean a specific 
color scheme. I'm really just talking about pieces in your closet that you love. Like you can honestly say that you love every single piece in your closet. Um, pieces you can wear many, many ways. Um, and I'm talking like at least three outfits per piece. Like you can think of three different ways to wear something. Um, and I think part of it too needs to be seasonal. Um, obviously you can wear the same kinds of things over the course of the year, but then also like depending on the season, you might need other things, um, heavier coats, rain boots, more accessories, less accessories. You know, I think some of it has to be seasonal, but I think a lot of it is something you can wear all the time. Um, and for some people that can be like 10 pieces and for others it can be 45 pieces. I don't ever like to put too specific of a parameter around it. Um, it really just needs to be full of things that you love and that you wear truly. Yes. I started reading this blog. Um, I don't know. This was like years ago when I had first heard of a capsule wardrobe and it was like so mind blowing to me because I had never thought of creating a wardrobe like that, putting together these pieces that I can wear over and over again, and that can sort of sustain time. Um, and it was, so uh, since then I've started buying less patterns, or if I do have patterns, I'll like make sure that they're in a more, you know, like a, a black top with a pattern. So I can wear it with like my black jeans that I have or, you know, yeah, something that's like a little more versatile. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and two, I mean, I think a lot of this discussion about creating an intentional wardrobe also needs to start with our mindset when it comes to shopping. Um, because we used to have, you know, just four seasons in the fashion world, you know, winter, spring, summer, and fall. But now we have 52 seasons. It seems like every week there's something new that we need, whether it's a new print or a new style or a new silhouette, it's something new. And so I think too, we really need to slow down a bit and think about what it is that we really want to be true for our style. Um, you know, our style is allowed to evolve over time, you know, as it should, we change as humans and that's okay. Um, but I think just paying more attention to why we're buying things in the first place. Are we buying things because it's trendy? We want to fit in. We don't feel good. Like what is it that we are trying to accomplish by buying something? Um, because I think when we address some of those deeper issues, then, you know, things like buying less become more attainable because you're able to like cope with those things a little bit better. That's a great point. I think many of us think that, you know, more clothes, the better, and the more we can showcase who we are. Sure. But could we talk a little bit more about curating a closet that you truly love and like what you would recommend for people to sort of start with, you know, like besides like maybe beyond the basics, because we all know like a solid pair of jeans is, is key with, you know, what you said, a button down and maybe like even a jean jacket or something. I don't, I don't know, but um, you know, what, how do you inspire people to really let their personality shine while still maintaining minimal clothing? Yeah, totally. Um, and I'm glad you brought this up because I think a lot of people think that capsule wardrobes mean that you don't have any options or you have very limited options. When in fact, I really find that it's the opposite. Um, you know, through this process of kind of paring down my wardrobe, I've actually really found my style and my voice because I'm like, I've been forced to find them. 
So I think that, um, you know, when I talk about finding a closet that you love, I think you should think about the pieces that you love wearing. I mean, what is it about that dress that makes you feel so good? Or what is it about those pair of pants that you're obsessed with and you can't wait to put on? I think when I'm talking about, you know, love for your wardrobe, it's full of pieces that make you feel most like yourself, Um, whether that's because they fit super well or you just feel super confident or you feel sexy or whatever it is. It's all of these pieces make you feel like the very best version of yourself. Um, And if you don't have a closet full of those pieces, start identifying the stuff that you don't love. Um, Is that long sleeve shirt too tight? Um, Does that jean jacket just not fit anymore? Um, Do you have a dress that has like tons of holes in it and it's beyond repair, but you haven't let it go for whatever reason? Um, I think it's just starting to identify those things that, you know, don't make you feel like the best version of yourself. Because, you know, at the end of the day, clothes are one of the most personal things that we can use to express ourselves. I mean, they can say so much without us having to say anything. So the last thing I want people to think is that a capsule wardrobe is going to stifle your voice or your style. Um, It won't. And I think, you know, you could argue that it's only going to help somebody identify their pieces because pieces and style because their closet is full of things that make them feel good and feel like most themselves. I mean, if your favorite color is green and purple and you have a closet full of that, cool. And it makes you feel good. Awesome. I don't think that we need to stick to this minimal aesthetic of like bright whites and, you know, clean lines. I think that, you know, we can really make a capsule wardrobe our own by infusing, you know, our personality into pieces that make us feel good. That's such a great way to look at it, like seeing it from a little bit different point of view versus like, what do we look good in? Of course, that's part of it, but also like what feels good. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like as women, we, we've got enough coming at us from all directions anyway. Um, and so why not wear something that makes us feel confident? Like we literally don't have time to have a closet full of clothes that we don't feel good in. We just don't have time for that. I think that has to be what's at the core of it because like, yeah, life is too short to wear clothes we don't love. Amen. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you are looking for more sustainable or ethical fashion pieces, Mm Do you tend to go more for like secondhand? Do you try to go for like specific brands? What, like you personally, what do you tend to do with your wardrobe? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, And I guess too, not to get like too technical, um, but I think when we're talking about ethical and sustainable, there's kind of two different schools of thought. Um, If I'm specifically looking for something that's ethically made, I'm looking for something, I'm looking for a brand, for example, that pays its workers living wages, um, provides a safe working environment, and doesn't force, um, you know, someone to create like 7,000 shirts in a day. You know, I'm, I'm really making sure that the ethics of the people behind the brand are solid. Um, when we're talking about sustainability, I'm looking for more of an impact on the environment. Um, like, how is this fabric going to break down over time? Um, how is it made? What's the process of it being made? How is that impacting the environment? Um, so kind of 
two different areas there. And it all depends too on what I'm looking for. Um, if I'm looking for something like, let's say a sweater, um, sweaters are kind of like my thing. I love big, chunky, well-made knit sweaters. And so I am willing to pay a little bit more for an ethically made sweater because I know that I'm going to wear it with a lot. I'm going to have it forever. And those make me feel just super myself. They're cozy. They can be classy and chic. And um, I know that that's something that, you know, I consider to be a basic for myself. Um, So I look for brands that, you know, use wool that's, you know, sustainably farmed. Or if it's cotton, make sure it's organic cotton because cotton is actually a super hard uh, plant to grow. It's super hard in the environment. It requires a lot of water, a lot of chemicals, um, and we use cotton for everything. So it can be really devastating to the planet. Um, But if it's organic, it's much better just because there aren't tons of chemicals on it. Um, So it's like if I'm looking for something that's a little bit funkier or I just need I don't know, kind of like a refresh or just something that's maybe patterned that I wouldn't feel super comfortable investing a ton of money in. Um, I tend to buy secondhand um, and I have gotten really good at scouring the internet for things that are secondhand. Um, And I've got a handful of stores here in Denver too that I really enjoy going to. So I guess to answer your question, it kind of depends on what I'm looking for and, um, you know, where I'm at and finances to definitely come into play. Um, if something is like multiple hundreds of dollars, I really need to plan for it rather than just buy it impulsively. Makes total sense. Unless yeah. you have, you know, pretty hefty bank account, then that would be challenging. I wish. I mean, I, I would buy everything sustainably and ethically sourced and made if I had a huge bank account, but, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, some, but some of those pieces are worth it to like save up a little bit more and purchase them if you know that you're going to have them forever. Yeah, exactly. And it really does. I mean, one of the things that I did first when I started this whole process was unsubscribe from every fast fashion brand I was getting newsletters from because I was tending to buy, buy things um, because they were on sale And so I was just like, I need to remove all this temptation and stop buying these things just because they're on sale. Um, And so I've noticed that, you know, my mindset has shifted a ton because when I'm buying, I'm definitely spending more on, but I've usually thought about it for like a month or sometimes two because A, I'm making sure I have the money for it. And B, like I am really trying to make sure that whatever I'm about to purchase, I can wear for a really long time, but also in lots of different ways. That's a really good point. I actually heard recently some statistic about, I'm trying to think what it was. It was like something like 35 to 50% of online clothing purchases are returned, which means that the clothes are either put into a secondary sales cycle or they'll go into a landfill, which is, I feel like, especially if you buy from like Amazon or something like that, that's most likely the case. Um, And it's probably happening more than we really would like to know also. Yeah. Like I'm a little bit off on this, but it's like something like 8 million or billion tons of textiles go into landfills every year. 
And a lot of the fabrics that we're buying, like synthetic fabrics, like polyester and spandex, those things don't break down. So once they're in the landfill, they're there for ever. And they leach all kinds of terrible chemicals into the soil and water supply. And it can be really devastating. That's insane. Yeah. And it's probably, I mean, if you think about something not breaking down, not composting into the soil, it's probably suffocating the earth, I would For think, sure. too, you know, yeah. well, especially when there's that much. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and not to mention the communities around the factories in which these clothes are made. I mean, we could, I don't know, again, the specifics, but um, a lot of these communities around the factories um, aren't safe because of, you know, um, unsafe disposing practices. The chemicals are leaching into the water. Um, I mean, it just can be, yeah, like I said, just totally devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And those are things we don't really think about when we're like looking for a top to go out, you know, or like something to wear when we're on vacation. It's like, I just want to find something cute, something that fits within my budget or, you know, whatever. And, you know, something that I'll wear for that trip. If I wear it beyond the trip, then, you know, great. But um, I think that that can be like a pretty normal mindset. And so it's interesting because like, I'm pretty conscious about what I eat. I'm conscious about movement and like the skincare products that I buy. And um, I mean, even the people I spend time with. So why am I not doing that for the clothing that I'm wearing every single day? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I love that you said that because again, it's like our clothes can honor those people, right? Um, That made that shirt. And even if your shirt was $5, like someone made that. Um, And it always makes me a little bit sad that we're willing to pay less for our clothes than we are for like our morning coffee sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) And again, it's just a mindset shift, but it is kind of startling when you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. I was just kind of pondering. I, I've i always been really into, um, you know, buying like locally sourced food or, or at least supporting local makers when I can when it comes to food or even like housewares and things like that. But it's, it's something that I feel like that could translate so well to other areas like fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just have to like learn about the people because when you learn about the people and the companies behind what you're buying, it there's something that changes, you know, like you, yeah. you want to support them. You want to be there to like give them your dollars and vote with your dollars for them instead of like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know why, but gap came to mind or like, yeah. H&M yeah. or something, you know. Right. I, um, I think about H&M all the time because I used to frequently shop at H&M, like frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my, actually like the oldest shirt that I have is from H&M. It's from college and I still wear it. I've worn it well past its like purchase value. So I feel like it's okay. Um, but yeah, and I think back to, I feel like growing up, like I don't know, being a girl, I was very much a girly girl and I loved clothes and I loved fashion and I just always wanted to feel like um, I had the newest thing or the coolest thing or the trendiest thing. And I never, up until very recently, I just never stopped to think about what, you know, I was 
a part of. I really never thought of the bigger picture. Um, and I get really like stressed about the state of our planet. And it often feels like there isn't anything I can do about it. But this one piece makes me feel like I am contributing to something bigger than myself. Um, because I am at least making way less fast fashion purchases than I've ever made. Um, you know, I don't buy impulsively like I used to. I am trying to be more mindful. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's funny how these things kind of make you see the world a little bit differently. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, even just starting off and making maybe, you know, buying a quarter less fast, fast fashion, yep. that makes a difference as well. Oh, if that's what you can do to get started, then that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. And that's when people feel super overwhelmed, that's always like the first step that I give. I'm like, okay, step number one, just buy less. Just buy less. Um, because I think a lot of times, and again, it's going back to like, why are you buying? But I think we just have been so trained to, you know, be instantly gratified by things and we like buying, you know, it feels good to buy something and then you get it and it's just like wonderful. But that feeling rarely lasts. And I can't tell you how many times people will tell me that they still have clothes in their closet with the tags on them, like they still haven't worn them. So I think it's really just, again, making that shift to addressing why you need to buy something in the first place. And if you can't answer it honestly and genuinely, then you probably don't need it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned that this is sort of like this mindset has sort of trickled over to other areas in your life. So how have you found that these like, like this change in thought processes or vetting processes, how have you found that, um, you know, to trickle over in these other areas of your personal consumption? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like packaging is something that I'm way more conscious of now. Um, I'm trying to reduce my plastic intake. Um, so buying produce that isn't in wrapped in plastic already. I'm trying to buy like actually fresh produce. Um, we're trying really hard to become like a zero paper towel family. Um, I mean, I guess it's little shifts like that. Like instead of using cotton rounds, I'm using bamboo rounds that I can wash and use over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, things that I didn't really pay much attention to prior to this, I'm now really, really actively trying to um, avoid or change. I love that. I love, yeah. it's, it's so hard when you go to like Trader Joe's, for example, and I love so many things that Trader Joe's has, but then I get to the produce section. So like I'll buy, you know, more of the dried goods that they have or like yeah. garbanzo beans or, you know, everything but the bagel seasoning. Right, exactly. <laughs> all, those, all those necessities. Right. Um, but when it comes to the produce, I never want to buy produce there because there's so much wrapping on it. Oh, it's so much. Plastic. You know, not to throw them under the bus, but it's no. like they are the worst when it comes to produce packaging and, and their produce. I mean, I'm a little bit of a snob. So with that stuff, but it's not very good quality anyway. Yeah. So like why even spend my money there just for the convenience because I'm already there. Like right. I might as well just spend the extra gas money going to a different location, like a Whole Foods or even the farmer's market when it when I can. Um you know, 
yeah, you definitely, you definitely think about those things when, when you start making changes in your life, whether it's in fashion or nutrition or um, whatever it might be, you know, skincare, just cleaning up your cleaning products that you use to clean your house and like reduce the chemicals in your home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is, it, it's totally a snowball effect. And I think we all have different points of entry. You know, for me, it was fashion. For you, it's nutrition. For someone else, it could be reusing or like buying a reusable coffee cup. I mean, it could be so many different ways to be involved in this. And then like, once you find something that you're really jazzed about, it's kind of amazing how quickly it just bleeds into other areas of your life. Um, Absolutely. And also too, like I also just, I really want to make sure that we all understand that we're not perfect and we can't be perfect. And there's so many other things that need to happen, um, you know, from a big structural change perspective, um, you know, that we can't control. Um, However, we can certainly you know, be a part of a much larger movement. I think I love how you say vote with your dollars because I think it's very, very true. And I think, you know, we should be able or we should prioritize putting our money, you know, where it counts when we can um, and having grace with ourselves along the way because it's not always an option. And, you know, we have to be understanding of that. Um, But when we can, I think it's a really good idea to do it. Definitely. And I've said, I don't know if I've said on here before, but Um, But I say it to like clients or people who I have conversations like this with, but Mm -hmm. what you can with what you have. I mean, if if it means, like you said, starting with a reusable coffee cup, then that's amazing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's, there's learning opportunities in all of this. And, and I think once you learn something, you just don't unlearn it. And so it's what you do with that education and that experience that you get and, you know, making the change that way. Exactly. And I, the last thing I want is for someone to hear this and then like go to their closet and throw out all the clothes that they have because they weren't ethically made or sustainably sourced. Like the best thing, like the second best thing you can do besides buying less is wearing what you have, like being content in what you have, wearing what you have, learning to love what you have. Again, um, that is your most sustainable option, hands down. Definitely. So Last question before we hop off of the podcast, what might be some of your favorite resources, whether it's like favorite blogs or brands, trusted research, whatever it is that you can share with us? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, So there's a ton out there. Um, But one of my favorite, let's see, one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow is Lee Vosberg. Um, She also has the Style Bee blog. Um, and what I love about her is that everything um, is super minimal, which tends to speak to me, but she does a really good job of helping people define their style, which I think in this space is super important. Um, you know, we can talk about being minimal and ethical and whatever, but if you don't have a vision for, you know, what you love, then all of that's going to be really hard. So I think she's a great style resource. Um, I'm trying to think of other like Instagram accounts. Um, and I can send you links to these two if you want. Um, but Petra Alexander is wonderful. Um, her real life name is Sarah. So, <laughs> but um, she's great. Candice McTay is really good. Um, again, like they just give a ton of like style inspiration, 
which I think can be helpful if you're in a rut. Um, and then I've got a few brands too that I'm obsessed with. Um, I love Esby Apparel. They're out of Austin. Um, I love Christy Dawn for dresses. She's out of LA. Um, Hackwith Design House is wonderful. They're in Minneapolis. Um, and like, even just like saying that out loud, like I know where that comes from makes me feel really good. It just kind of makes the world feel a little bit smaller. And I really love supporting people and brands that are in that space. I just love that. Yeah, definitely. It feels good to buy from a person rather than a company. Not that it's a bad thing to buy from a company, but you know, when it's like a person who's working their butt off to like create this really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you just, I feel like I've started to appreciate the craft of making so much more Um, because, you know, I can imagine someone actually sitting at a sewing machine and sewing it or cutting it out from a pattern. And, you know, that feels really good to be able to support someone who's doing that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and shedding light on being more conscious about our fashion. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. This was fun. Where can people find you and follow along with your journey? Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I'm fiber and dwell, F-I-B-R-E and dwell. Um, I'm working on a blog currently. It's a little bit under construction. She's getting a makeover. She'll be up and running there pretty soon. Um, so yeah, Instagram is probably the best way to do that. Awesome. And then once your blog is up and running again, then people can follow you from there and hop on the blog and get even more inspiration. Yeah. Hopefully lots of good resources are coming. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening as well. Your support is everything. And I know I say that all the time, but it is just the truth. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. This helps us to spread the word about the Well Women podcast and in turn continue to get more helpful information about mental, physical, and spiritual wellness out to you. Thank you again. And until next time, be well.